It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The futures of Mitch Trubisky, Matt Nagy, and Ryan Pace hang in the balance over these last three games of the season. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. On the show today, we're exploring what's at stake for three of the biggest figureheads in this Chicago Bears regime. We'll start with quarterback Mitch Trubisky, what he's proven over the last couple of games, what he can still prove over these remaining games, and what his future might hold in or out of Chicago. Then we'll focus on head coach Matt Nagy, going through what he seems to have learned so far and whether we've seen enough progress to justify bringing him back another season, or if he could survive for a lame duck year without general manager Ryan Pace, who will wrap up with taking a look at some of his decisions, his place within the organization, and whether or not we trust him to pick a new head coach or a new quarterback. Mitch Trubisky isn't magically going to become a brand new quarterback all of a sudden at this stage in his career. He's playing very well the last couple of weeks, but it feels like this is something close to the ceiling of Mitch Trubisky. And that ceiling has been an impressive win against the Houston Texans, a high completion percentage, a good overall statistical performance, but a lot of that work being done after the catch, being done on simple reads, easy underneath throws against off coverage, and having a supporting cast be able to do a lot of the work to support him. And that's perfectly fine. Mitch didn't do anything wrong. It's not his fault. And it was impressive work by Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor to get that all to come together and function. But it comes back to the same discussion I think we were having about Mitch Trubisky entering this season, the discussion that kind of got cast aside in part because of COVID, in part because of the benching of Nick Foles, and in part because of just how bad everything else around him seemed to collapse. But the question always was, okay, how good can you be with Mitch Trubisky and can you live with his limitations from a processing and field vision decision-making standpoint? 
And what we saw against the Texans really was the best of that. Understanding that there were no deep shots. There was like 18 yards, I think, was the deepest attempt he had made all game. It was a completion to Allen Robinson down the right sideline, but he can't consistently hit downfield. And you're going to see turnovers when he tries to consistently take those shots. He has these limitations as a quarterback. And what we don't know is whether he can do that against a quality defense because we haven't seen him do that consistently over the course of his career. Like, to some extent, when the offense was so bad, the goalposts moved a little bit, where we just wanted to see some sort of consistency at quarterback. The bar was lowered, and now that we've seen some consistency at quarterback and some offensive success, now we're kind of back to where we were before, where we want to see quarterback play that can lift this team and that can support this team when the defense isn't giving you the easy stuff and your playmakers aren't able to make those plays after the catch. So it's not as though Trubisky has automatically done something now to justify, say, a long-term contract to keep him as your starting quarterback in Chicago. But I think these last few games and the, the games left on the schedule are a good audition for him for his next job and his next role. Because I think he's showing you he belongs in the NFL. He isn't playing like a every week go into the season as this is your starting quarterback, this is your guy you build around. He's not that type of franchise quarterback at this point in his career. He has shown that through now four seasons. But can he be a guy that's a top reliable backup or even somebody that you have as a part of your quarterback competition, maybe on another team? You know, I think about Marcus Mariota and the deal he got to go to the Oakland Raiders and kind of be that backup for Derek Carr, but there was some question of, Maybe Mariota would be able to start, and Carr has obviously played at a high level, but one of those kind of guys, maybe even the Nick Foles-type role, where he goes to an organization not to be named the week one starter, but to feel like he can compete and give you an option there, and then also if your starter gets injured or your starter fails later in the season, you can turn to Mitch Trubisky and win some football games with him as long as you're giving him enough of that supporting cast. That's, I think the category and tier of quarterback that Trubisky has cemented himself in. And if he can play well over these final games, that can play him into his next contract. It's a question of, okay, will you be good enough to be that quarterback competition guy? Or are you just going to be that true number two backup that isn't really competing to be a starter, but maybe has a little bit more upside there than some of the rotating cast of statuesque quarterbacks we see across the league, like, A.J. McCarron from the Houston Texans, who came in for one play and took a snap and did absolutely nothing. You know, I think Trubisky can be a better backup than Chase Daniel and Mike Glennon and some of those quarterbacks around the league. But these last few games will give teams uh, more clarity. Again, can he compete to be a starter? Can he be a guy you can trust off the bench a little bit more? Or is he a guy that just gives you an option in case of emergency that you feel better about than the myriad old white guys that seem to change teams every offseason? Like, to some extent, I think Trubisky's future is the one we know the most about or is the most clear that isn't going to change too much based on these last three games. But I think the much more interesting and wide-open discussion is about head coach Matt Nagy and also general manager Ryan Pace. We'll start with the Bears' quote-unquote offensive guru and what kind of leash he still has in Chicago next on Locked On Bears. This holiday season, our friends at Built Bar have a special limited edition flavor 
of the world's best tasting protein bar. It's candy cane brownie. And I got a sample of one included on my Black Friday order. And now they've made it available for everybody to be able to purchase. And let me tell you, they are not lying. Both in the word brownie and also the candy cane bits actually on top. It's still the shape and consistency of your typical built bar protein bar. But it's sweet. It's delicious. It's still only 150 calories. Still only 7 grams of sugar. And loaded up with 17 grams of protein. It feels like cheating. How can it have 100% real chocolate? How can it still be so good for you? I don't fully understand it, but I know it tastes good. And I know the nutrient facts speak for themselves. You got to get it before it's gone. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Heading into the Texans game, it felt like a foregone conclusion that Matt Nagy would be fired after this season. And one... Really strong, impressive performance against Romeo Cornell and Deshaun Watson isn't going to save his job by itself, but it could be the first step as the Bears keep those playoff hopes alive, right? I think if the Bears win out the remainder of the season, which is Vikings, Jaguars, and Packers, not a cakewalk, certainly at the end there, if they win out and make the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, even as that seventh seed that was basically kind of felt like it was added for the pandemic, although it was already kind of part of the plans there, that certainly they're not going to fire Matt Nagy in a playoff season, 100%. Winning out would save his job as the Chicago Bears head coach. But if they don't, it's hard to really get a sense of what the appetite is in Chicago because there have been some really clear flaws from Matt Nagy as an offensive game planner, as a schemer, at times as a play caller, and as a head coach. And after three seasons of doing this, you would think you, he would kind of figure it out, right? You know, year one was such a big surprise at 12-4. and four. It was exciting. It was fun. It was like, wow, the Bears really have something here in Matt Nagy. Year two, things kind of take a step back. Things fall apart a little bit. A lot of injuries a lot of things starting to catch up to Nagy, and it was still kind of like, all right, young, inexperienced head coach, still figuring things out. Maybe expectations were built up a little bit too high after the first season. Still finished 8-8. Eight and eight. It wasn't a complete and utter collapse, but obviously falling short of expectations and certainly a big disappointment in Chicago. Year three was the opportunity to kind of say, okay, here's what you actually are. Let's see what you can do now with your quarterback brought in. Nick Foles in a trade. You have some different options there. The defense continues to be stacked from top to bottom. Some different weapons now for Trubisky. You revamp the tight end spot. 
you got uh, some new wide receivers, you got healthy backfield, healthy offensive line, and then a six-game losing streak ensues. And that's why it felt so clear that Matt Nagy was going to be fired and needed to be fired, given how inexcusable the performances were during that stretch and how it felt like he can't find solutions to the Bears' problems, how it felt like he can't or couldn't scheme up the running game to be successful. They couldn't find an offensive line combination that worked. They couldn't get either one of their quarterbacks, again, during this losing streak, couldn't get either one of their quarterbacks to consistently throw at a high level. They couldn't, and you know, and then the defense started falling apart, and it felt like everything Matt Nagy was trying to do wasn't working. Now, to his credit, the team, his players, never wavered in that regard. You know, Tony Dungy made the reference about it kind of looking like the Bears quit quitting against the Green Bay Packers, and you can make some arguments that at times it feels like the defense has given up in some of those fourth quarters where everything fell apart, but as a whole, the locker room never flipped on each other, never turned on Matt Nagy, never turned on their quarterback, never turned on their offense, continuing to struggle. Even as the struggle seemed to come from every direction, he held that group together and fought through and kind of stuck it out and got that win against the Houston Texans. And that counts for something. And how these last three games play out will definitely count for a lot. You know, if they win out and turn that six-game losing streak into a four-game winning streak and make the playoffs, yeah, Matt Nagy is back. Matt Nagy will be loved again in Chicago, and the Bears will be a playoff team, and all will be well. But if they, you know, say they lose the final three games, and I think that would be, what, nine losses across the final ten weeks, Matt Nagy's not coming back. I mean, there's no way you can finish six and ten at this point given that type of collapse and still return. I mean, it's at Vikings, at Jaguars, home against the Packers. At least one of those, if not two of those games, seem quite winnable. And we don't know how secure Green Bay will be by Week 17, and it could be a backup quarterback situation, maybe even Jordan Love in Green Bay, and make that more of a winnable game. But I think the real gray area here is, you know, you beat the Vikings and Jaguars and lose to the Packers and finish 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs, and then what do you do? Eight and eight's not a losing season. It's not a winning season either. I think it's below expectations, but it's not drastically below expectations. And then you start kind of turning your attention to the other decisions that you have to make next offseason. If you have Matt Nagy sort of as a lingering lame duck head coach with one more year to kind of prove it, then is he going to be intimately involved in picking your next quarterback? Or are you going to run it back again with Nick Foles? And then do you try and bring back Trubisky on a cheap deal or you know, you have to figure out some kind of quarterback solution moving forward. And do you trust Foles and company to kind of be the guy? Or are you going back into 2021 with another 8-8 eight and eight type team of with the caliber of quarterback that you have and the team that you have surrounding him? It would, it would feel like you're kind of doing the same Bears season all over again. And it doesn't feel like this Bears record is unearned by any means. The 5-1 and one was a little bit unearned and the six losses in a row was a little bit unearned, but they kind of balanced you out, and this is about where it feels like this Bears team belongs. And is 8-8 eight and eight caliber good enough to keep Matt Nagy year after year? I mean, you want better for your franchise, but it almost comes back to kind of where you were with Lovey Smith in 2012, albeit that was a 10-6 and six season, not 8-8, eight and eight, but it was a question of, okay, can we fire this head coach and do better, or do we stick with this guy 
accepting that maybe you're not going to go 5 and 11 any season but not sure if you're going to be able to go above the 7 and 9, 8 and 8, 9 and 7, 10 and 6 range for the foreseeable future. I mean that there's a lot that gets tied into it beyond just the head coach, but I think that's where you find Matt Nagy over these last 3 games. To some extent, it's a similar decision and discussion with Ryan Pace, but there's still a question of how tied together are these two? And Ryan Pace's decisions before Matt Nagy are also a factor here. And Ryan Pace having some decisions after Matt Nagy, also a possibility here. We'll look at where the general manager stands, and in particular, his relationship with ownership and the Bears' leadership team next on Locked On Bears. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The scenarios for Ryan Pace keeping his job or getting fired feel similar to Matt Nagy's. I don't think they're... 100% tied to each other's fates, but I think, for example, if the Bears lose their final three games and, again, finish 6-10 and on the season, you fire both of those guys because that's just not good enough for the organization. And if you win your final three games and finish 9-7 and and make the playoffs, then you probably keep both of those guys because it's another playoff season and you can kind of throw some COVID asterisks in there and just everything else going on in this strange year. Maybe you can kind of say, all right, 9-7, and seven, but we do want better in the future, but it is still a playoff team. I mean, to some extent, the wins and losses here will shape Ryan Pace's job as much as it does Matt Nagy's. But I don't think they are completely tied together because Ryan Pace has been here longer and Ryan Pace makes different decisions than Matt Nagy, has made good and bad decisions before Matt Nagy, and we also don't know the level of influence of Matt Nagy in some of the decisions they've made together while they've both been here. Like, we can assume that Nagy was very involved in adding Nick Foles as far as quarterback competition for Mitch Trubisky. But I wouldn't suspect that Matt Nagy had too much of an influence on picking Robert Quinn, for example, as your highly paid edge rusher addition this offseason. I'm sure Matt Nagy identified edge rusher as an upgrade, but I don't know that he was pounding on the table specifically for a a pass rusher that he's never coached before. I mean, that's a a front office, a pro scout issue and failure at this point in terms of the lack of production the Bears have gotten from one of their prized free agent additions. So it kind of depends on the level of trust and the appetite for allowing Ryan Pace to still be able to make some of these big key decisions. And from the start, it seems like George McCaskey and Ted Phillips have really raved about their relationship and trust with Ryan Pace over the years. You know, he got a contract extension when the Bears hired Matt Nagy. I think it was technically the offseason. Like, it was in the weeks before they hired Matt Nagy. They wanted to sort of give him the shot at hiring another head coach. 
And so then do you give him the shot at hiring a third head coach if you fire Matt Nagy, if things go poorly enough? Or do you give Ryan Pace a shot to pick what I guess it would be a fourth quarterback if you go Glenn and Trubisky and then Nick Foles, if you're sort of under operating under the assumption that all of them pretty well didn't work out. Foles obviously starting on the bench and then going back to the bench and not being a good enough quarterback for a lot of that stretch. I mean, I, I still think maybe you can win some football games with Nick Foles in the same sense that you can win some football games with Mitch Trubisky, but neither one looks like the clear answer that you want to have to rely on over the course of a full 16-game season. With either quarterback, you would like an upgrade there, and perhaps even if full sticks around, you're probably going to draft a quarterback this offseason. You need a long-term answer for that position because at best you're getting another year or two out of Nick Foles before you're moving on to somebody else. And so do you trust Ryan Pace? If you're the Bears organization, do you trust him to draft another quarterback? He's literally only done it once, actually. Trubisky, the only quarterback that the Bears have used the draft pick on, which might be another sort of indictment on Ryan Pace and his team building and not adding more quarterbacks despite saying he would like to add more quarterbacks. But at the same time, we've seen him find some really great gems in the fourth and fifth rounds. I mean, the, the list is long. Tariq Cohen, Eddie Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. Jalen Johnson looking great out of the second round this season. Adrian Amos was a fifth round pick. Jordan Howard was a fifth round pick. I mean, he's had success in the draft and he's had major failures in the draft. I mean, we don't have to go through Ryan Pace's entire resume, but you know, a lot of failed first round picks and those sting a lot more than other misses. And some of those late round picks have certainly made up for it. And some haven't when it's a franchise deciding decision like Mitch Trubisky. Same thing in free agency. You know, it's the, the Akeem Hicks. For every Akeem Hicks, there is, there's a Robert Quinn that hasn't worked out. There have been big hits and big busts. And it's sort of a question, again, like, do you think you can do better? Can you get a general manager? You know, there's always going to be a risk with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. If you fire them and bring in somebody else, you have a guy who's had some success, who hasn't been a complete failure at either position, GM or head coach. They've been able to keep you at least 500 in every season, I mean, with in the Matt Nagy era. And Ryan Pace, maybe you could even say he's 500 on roster decisions in terms of good and bad free agents and good and bad draft picks. Again, you can kind of argue the semantics there, but you could be worse at both GM and head coach. But you also wonder if this GM and head coach can be the GM and head coach to take you to that next level. And I think one of the other factors in here that gets a little bit overlooked is just how many other openings there are going to be this offseason. I mean, only a few teams have already fired their head coach and general managers, but there's a few more that could open up. Of course, you know, New York Jets have been discussed. Cincinnati Bengals, another one. The Jaguars still haven't actually fired their head coach, although I believe they made a general manager change and are expected to make a head coaching change later on. The Chargers going to make a change there. The Eagles are a possibility that's been discussed with Doug Peterson and what's going on there. Detroit fired their head coach and GM. You know, the Falcons have a head coaching opening. I believe GM changed there as well. I mean, there is going to be some tough competition to get the best head coach and general manager candidates this offseason. And there's only so many good ones each and every year. You know, out of every cycle, there's a couple that turn out to be pretty good and the rest kind of flame out. So if you're George McCaskey and Ted Phillips or whoever they end up, if they make a change at team president, that's a whole other situation and discussion. You kind of have to weigh, okay, how many coaches out there, out there are there 
that I like? You know, how many GM candidates are there out there that I like? And would you be better holding on to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy for another season, accepting that maybe it's another eight and eight year, and maybe that doesn't feel great. And maybe, you know, you kind of have to weigh, do I keep them one more year for the stability and for a better candidate in the future, understanding that you're going to have to let them make some big decisions for the franchise this offseason when it comes to quarterback play. Like, I, I, I'd like to think if I'm running an organization, the pool of candidates shouldn't necessarily be my determining factor, that I should trust my search firm and consultants and whatever, my ability, I should trust my ability to find a head coach and GM and find the best ones and trust that they are going to want to play for this franchise because I am going to sell them on playing for this franchise and that no matter how many other teams have openings, I am going to get the best guy because I am in charge. You know, I mean, like you have to trust that you're going to be able to do that and the other openings shouldn't be a factor in that. But you also have to weigh the impact of COVID on this season, the financials in terms of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy having money still needing to be paid out. There's rumors that Ryan Pace quietly had a a contract extension to line him up with Matt Nagy's deal. But Nagy, I think, still has two years left. And Ryan Pace, as far as we know, has another year left on his deal. I'm not the coaching and GM contracts are not made public the way player contracts are. But regardless, if you fire Matt Nagy, you have to pay him out some of that money, or I think all of that money, and still then pay and hire a new head coach in a year when revenues are down in terms of ticket sales not being a factor at Soldier Field and the league in general expected to have sort of a decline in growth this season. So there are more factors here than we can possibly fully comprehend from outside of the organization and a lot of factors that aren't even specifically related to how they perform on the field over these next three weeks. The performances are still definitely going to go a long way. So I hope that you keep tuning in to Locked On Bears five days a week because we're going to break down all things Chicago Bears every single day, get you ready for the Vikings, Jaguars, and Packers, and whatever's going to happen next. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. On tomorrow's podcast, we will be joined by the host of Locked On Vikings, Luke Braun for our crossover Thursday edition kind of get the scoop on what's going on with another sort of tumultuous Vikings season where good and bad Kirk Cousins kind of comes and goes but it's really a direct competition for the Bears for that final playoff spot and that number two spot in the NFC North right now so huge matchup you're going to want to get all the details on the Vikings from Luke Braun on tomorrow's podcast make sure you keep tuning in because it's go time this is where the GM, the head coach, the quarterback, the season is made or broken right here, these games, this podcast, and it's time more than ever to bear down. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.